listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. Get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Kamalina Bikino, and this morning we have Jason Cook joining us in the studio. Welcome, Jason. Welcome, Carmelina. We seem to spend quite a bit of time in the studio together. We do. We do. We've become good mates. (laughs) Lots of stories. Um, So today we've got our Encounters episode for Monday. Um, And we've had a bit of a mix around for people. Yeah. This would normally be Pastor Mark Falconer's program, but he's uh, on leave at the moment. And uh, we tried to find some other uh, fill-ins, but... You'll have to put up with me today. I will, and you know, that's okay. <laughs> and um, we were just talking before we got on to air. You had a big trip planned yesterday for Sunday. What we happened? did, yes. Uh, meant to be installing a radio. Uh, it didn't happen because of weather conditions. Oh, weather. Unfortunately, this particular location, we've got to fly into on helicopter, and uh, the helicopter pilot rang just the night before and um, said that, it's not looking good for weather, so we deferred it a week. So hopefully next Sunday we'll be able to complete that job. Well, if there's anything we can rely on with Tasmania, it's that our weather can... It's a bit unpredictable. Yeah, it's it's not fair sometimes. But mm. I hope that job goes ahead because, um, yeah, it's, is that to do with radio as well? Or Yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's installing a new uh, radio transmitter that's uh, broken down. So Oh, mm. exciting times. Awesome. And we also have something about the doomsday clock. Did you want to touch on that now or later? Sure, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that in January each year, there's a group of people who update this thing called the doomsday clock. Now, it's not a physical thing. It's not a real thing. It's a virtual um, perspective, I guess. It's a a measurement in the minds of some, uh, I guess, clever people who make an assessment as to how close to the sort of end of the world we might be. Mm. Um, you know, people talk about World War Three with nuclear war and things like that. And uh, it's mm. interesting that in January this year, they updated the doomsday clock and it got 10 seconds closer to midnight. Uh, and so right now it's one and a half minutes to midnight. Wow. So 10 seconds closer. Interesting, this is uh, all done by scientists and, Mm. uh, you know, secular people. It's not uh, a Christian thing. And, of course, as Christians, we have a hope that goes beyond something like this doomsday clock because we know that uh, God is ultimately in control of our our, uh, life here and our planet and everything else. So we don't need to be too worried about this doomsday clock because there's other things that God's got in mind. So, yeah. But it's interesting <clears throat> that this is the perspective of many in the world today, that uh, we, we're closer now to, I guess, complete annihilation or the end of the world, as mm. you might uh, call it, than ever before. So I mm. thought that was just worth noting because it's sort of relevant to what we're going to be talking about today. Absolutely. And, of course, we've done episodes on the second coming and... Um, 
the end of the world, I guess, as well. And you can catch those episodes on our Faith FM app and also on the Faith FM website. You can find them under programs and you can listen to them as well if you haven't had the chance to listen to them live. So be sure to check those out. Mm. Yes. So today's title is quite an extreme one. Mm. I enjoy some things that are extreme sometimes. It is life or death. Mm. What have you got for us this morning? (laughs) Well, as we get into the program, the title might become clear. But, um, Mm. yeah, it's really, it is talking about life or death and and it's a life or death situation. So Mm. um, I wanted to start off with a bit of a story this morning. Mm. Um, It was the 5th of January. 1975, about 9.20 p.m. at night. Mm. Sylvia uh, recounts, as we approached, it was a foggy night. There was no lights on the bridge at the time. We just thought there was an accident. We slowed down to about 40 kilometres an hour, and I'm peering out the window, desperately looking to see the car. What was happening on the bridge? We couldn't see anything, but we kept on travelling. The next thing, I said to Frank, the bridge is gone. And he just applied the brakes and we just sat there swinging. As we sat there, we couldn't see anything in the water. All we could see was a big whirlpool of water and apparently the boat was sinking. So with that, we undid the car door and hopped out. So there are pictures of this uh, that you can Google on the internet Mm. where this car is hanging off the end of the bridge. And this is the Tasman Bridge in Hobart here. Uh, in 1975. Now, Frank, who was uh, with Sylvia, um, he recounts, Sylvia said, the white line, the white line's gone. Stop. I just hit the brakes and I said, I can't, I can't, I can't stop. And the next thing, we just hung off the gap where I swung the door open and I could see, more or less, I could see the water and just swung myself towards the back of the car and grabbed the headrest like that to pull myself around. That'd be a pretty scary experience, I think. Pretty crazy. Hanging yeah. off, you know, the Tasman Bridge is quite high. Yes. And uh, if you are hanging over the edge and you know peering down to this boat that was uh, mm. sinking below you, uh, Murray Ling was another person. Uh, he, Murray Ling and his wife Helen and their two children were travelling in another car. They were driving over the bridge in the eastbound lanes when the span lights went out. I knew something bad must have happened, so I slowed down. Murray then noticed several cars ahead of him seemingly disappear as they drove straight over the edge, and he slammed his foot on the brakes. He stopped the car inches from the drop. A following car, caught unaware by the unexpected stop, drove into the rear of Murray's car, pushing its front wheels over the edge. He, too, eased himself and his young family out of the car, then stood there horrified as two other cars ignored his attempts to wave them down. They raced past him, one of which actually swerved around him to avoid him and then hurled over the edge of the bridge into the river. A loaded bus full of people swerved and skidded, slamming into the side railings after being waved down by Murray. It's nice to know that he uh, managed to save those people yeah, in that bus. Um, it says they're a loaded bus. I don't know how many people were in there, but uh, they were saved that night because mm-hmm. he was trying to stop people from continuing on. Mm-hmm. The Lake Illawarra carrier ship was travelling up the Derwent that night carrying 10,000 tonnes of zinc ore concentrate. Oof. 
Captain Bolslaw Pelk was not paying close attention to his course and the ship wasn't heading exactly where it should have been, which is through the middle span of the bridge. Mm. When the captain realised that he wasn't heading in the right direction, he made a few attempts to correct the course. He tried to pass through one of the other spans closer to the eastern shore, but the high currents made it difficult and he lost control. I think the front of the the ship swung around Mm. and it crashed into one of the piles holding up three spans. That's 127 metres of the bridge collapsed, falling onto the ship below. The ship sank within minutes and seven of the ship's crew members drowned. Five motorists in four vehicles also lost their lives mm. that night. So this is uh, very much a Tassie experience. Yeah. Um, those who, I was actually around at that time. You weren't born yet, no, I don't think, Carmelita. No. Um, I was young, but I remember that event, and I also remember having to travel on a different bridge to cross over the river. Although mm. I didn't live in Hobart, but when we travelled to Hobart, we had to travel a different bridge. Um, to cross over the Derwent River. Mm. So this story reminds me of this situation. It was a life and death situation Mm. here. And despite Murray's attempts, some people ignored his warnings and continued on in the direction they were going and crashed or sailed right over the edge of the bridge into the the water and drowned. Mm. Terrible circumstance. Um, you know, sometimes there are warnings yeah. and we need to pay attention to those warnings. And we're going to have a look about We're going to have a look into that today a little bit. Mm. And before we go to the break, we've got a bit of a listener question, I guess. We do. We have a listener question for you this morning. Have you ever had to warn someone of impeding? Impending. Oh, impending. <laughs> My English, not good. (laughs) Let's try that again. Have you ever had to warn someone of impending danger? Did they listen? Share with us your experience. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Text us in on 0488880891. Have you ever had to warn someone of impending danger? And did they listen? We would love to hear from you this morning. Um, This first song is Live and Breathe by More Than Rubies. Wash over me And I feel How thirsty I am The truth runs deep To the heart of me And I see How shallow I've been Who can satisfy This cavern inside Come and be all I want and all I need Be my portion and my strength forever Jesus, come and be all I want and all I need Be the one desiring 
strength forever Oh, Jesus, come and be all I want and all I need Be my portion and my strength forever, forever Jesus, come and be all I want and all I need Be the one desiring me forever You're everything, be everything Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we have Jason Cook, and we are talking about the topic life or death. Before the break, we had a listener question for you, which was Have you ever had to warn someone of impending danger? Not impeding, impending danger. And did they listen? We'd love to hear your experience. Please text us in on 048880891. Okay, so Jason, let's get into it. Before the break, we were talking about life or death situations. Mm. Like Tasman Bridge was a very good example. Um, but have you ever had to warn someone of pending danger? I'm sure I have. And as I listen uh, or think about you know, my life, I guess there's been a number of circumstances. But there's one that's quite relevant to what we're studying today. And this particular passage of Scripture that we're going to be looking at today is in Mm. Romans chapter 10. And I've got an experience uh, surrounding these verses that I think it's worth sharing. That in uh, a few years ago, as I was doing my morning um, devotionals, and I was reading this passage, and I felt this overwhelming conviction to share these few verses with my uh, family and friends, some of which I had a a messenger group going. Um, Some of my friends and family in that group um, are not, uh, I guess, active believers. They're Mm. not, they're not uh, demonstrating at the moment that they're uh, believers. So I, I felt reluctant to share this with them but i felt this overwhelming sense mm-hmm. of urgency and, and need to share these few verses with um my family and friends and of course some are christians in there but some are not mm-hmm. and uh for some reason i just had to share it and we're going to have a look at this um passage in a moment but mm. this is really about salvation and yeah. and uh in order to be saved, we need to hear the message. And so I think we may as well read uh, Romans 10, verse 13 to 15. Would you like to read that for us? Absolutely. And this morning we're reading from the New Living Translation. <clears throat> for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. 
So this was the passage. This was the the few verses that I felt convicted to share that day. Mm. And when I first read these verses, I was thinking here that this is really talking about reaching those who have never heard about God before. Mm. When you read it, you know, from verse 13 to 15, it it says, you know, how can they be saved unless they hear about him? Mm. And, uh, you know, as Christians, I think that's one of our jobs is to share the good news, the gospel, with those around us, particularly those who've never heard it before. Um, but in fact, <clears throat> excuse me, um, this uh, passage is actually um, talking about the Jews, which mm. later, as I studied in more detail, and so it's a little bit confusing, you know. And in you know, what's this really talking about? Mm. But I think we can certainly take that on face value and say, well, if people have never heard, how can they believe? You yeah. know, that it's such a simple message, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If somebody has never heard, I think there's another thing to think about today um, in today's society is that, well, of course, everyone in our Western society has heard about God and heard about Christians. They know about it. Mm. But do they know the real God? Do they know the real truth about what the Bible says? Or is it uh, a secondhand misconception of what you know, the Bible says or what God is really about. I do feel that a lot of people these days who have heard but don't really know have mm. an image in their mind of what a Christian's like. And I know... And, and what God's like. Absolutely. Mm. And one of the... I take... I, I love sometimes when I'm talking to people and then they find out later on that I'm a Christian because I tend to withhold it, withhold it for a little bit just so they get to know me first because of the stigma mm. that tends to be attached to it. And when they find out, they just look at me and go, but you're so normal. Mm. And I, I'm just hoping that I can show them <clears throat> that this is what we're like. You mm. know, we're not all extreme <laughs> as they tend to believe we are. Mm. And so I love that I can at least show that that image to them and help them know that, there, you know, there's some good people out there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. um, and so, yeah, this this message, um, mm. I think to get the proper context, we need to go back to the early parts of Romans chapter 10. Absolutely. Um, and let's do that. And we'll, we'll, we'll read uh, just verse 1 to start with. Yep, sure. Dear brothers and sisters, The longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. So this is really what Paul's talking about here. He's longing for the people of Israel. So these are the Jews who rejected Christ. Yes. Now, there are people today who also have heard about but reject Christ. And so I guess it equally applies to to those who have heard the message or heard something about Christ Mm. but not really... um, taken it on board so uh, interestingly it goes on in verse 2 to say I know what enthusiasm they have for God mm. but it is misdirected zeal for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself so you know sometimes I think these days people are trying to save themselves Yeah, we talked about the doomsday clock earlier um, we talk about environment we talk about climate change yes you know, there are so many people who are trying to save the planet, mm. you know, from all sorts of things, whether it be, um, <coughs> excuse me, whether it be social injustice, mm. which is a good cause, yeah, absolutely. whether it be the environment, which is a good cause. Mm-hmm. These are all good things. But unless I think we 
also have an understanding of our relationship with God and how, mm. in, in this case, um, if we don't know Jesus, mm. all of our efforts to save the planet are sort of pointless. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. So let's keep going here. Yep. Um, From Let's read verse 3. I read, I think, the... You read half of it. Half I of know. It, yeah. I can see the other half. We're all good. So refusing to accept God's way... They cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. So this is really about belief. This is about belief in in Jesus. And so if we miss that, if we miss that most important part, then all of our efforts, it doesn't matter what they are. Now, in this case, these were the Jews. These were very... Mm. Um, religious people, they followed uh, all of the religious customs of the Jews, and yet they missed Christ. Mm. And unfortunately, that you know was their downfall. But Paul's mm. going back to verse one. The longing of Paul's heart is for them to be saved. Yeah. So I think that's something that we need to ask ourselves: Do we have a longing in our hearts for people to know Jesus? Mm. Or are we just happy to go along, you know, learning for ourselves and taking that gift of salvation for ourselves Mm. and keeping it to ourselves, Mm. you know, or is it something that's really burning on our heart to share with other people? Mm -hmm. Um, Let's keep reading verse 5. Yep. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth? And don't say, who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again? In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips and in your heart. Wow, these few verses confused me when yeah. I read them. Totally, these, particularly this thing, but faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to mm. earth, and don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. Mm. Really confusing um, at first read. And so I, I did a little bit of work in this area and uh, found some cross-references to this passage. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, and um, I want to just flick back there now. So this is into Deuteronomy chapter 30. And those particular phrases, it's slightly different here, but I think this is where uh, it came from. Deuteronomy 30 verse 11 says, This command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you. It is not beyond your reach. Mm. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey. It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey. Mm. No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. So this gives better context to that passage that talks about, you know, so really I guess what I'm getting at here is the message of Christ is is at hand. Mm. It's actually easy. It's not difficult to pick up a Bible, 
to read the Gospels, to understand what Christ has done. Mm. And yet sometimes we make it so hard and we make it too difficult for people um, to see or... You know, for some, maybe some people have this perception that it's too hard because we have to, you know, Christianity is all about keeping a set of rules or commandments. Now, it is important to uh, follow God's commandments, but there's a verse in chapter, uh, in in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, that says, The Lord your God will change your heart and Mm -hmm. the hearts of all your descendants so that you will love him with all your heart and soul, and so you may live. Mm. So it, this is saying here, who's doing the work to change our heart? God. God. Yeah. It's God who changes our heart. All mm. we need to do is soften our heart and open it to the possibility and God will do the work in us. And so we'll leave it there for a break. But mm. remember, first of all, this message of, of salvation is not hard. <laughs> it's not out of reach. It's <clears throat> It's at hand. We just need to ask God to change our hearts and uh, to accept it if if we're not there yet. And if we are, mm. then we've got a message to share with people. Absolutely. And it's like when people make things seem too difficult, it's almost like they use this term these days, it's very trendy, called gatekeeper. Right. It's like we're not letting you in because yes. you don't understand it yet. Yeah. So they make it so difficult to understand that it's so hard for people to get in. Yeah. But really, it's not. And yeah. um. And the, the, the salvation, the, the, lead, the lead up to salvation isn't actually that hard, but people make it seem like it is. So mm. it was really good you brought that up. Anyway, we are due for a break. Um, just to remind you of our listener question, have you ever had to warn someone of impending danger? And did they listen? We'd love to hear your experience. Uh, text us in on 0488880891. Also, we have a free book offer coming up later in the program. Jesus, Seven Keys to Fight. Finding Jesus in the book of Revelation. Be sure to hang around for that. This next song is Choose Life by Carly Fletcher. Each new day, God gives you a choice to make, blessing or cursing, life or death. It's in your hands. The choice is yours to make So what will you choose today? Therefore choose life That you and your descendants may live Will you love the Lord your God And obey His voice For God is your So what will you choose? Will you choose life? Life or death? Blessing or cursing? The choice is in your hands. How will you choose to So this day, I have a choice to make, blessing or cursing, life or death. How will I live? The choice 
by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we have Jason Cook and we are talking about life or death. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, before the break, Jason, we've been looking into Deuteronomy and talking about how Paul has this longing for um, the Jews particularly mm. to have to know God, to know well, about Jesus, to know about salvation. In fact, in fact, Paul <clears throat> had a longing for all people because he was specifically called to reach the Gentiles as well. Mm. But he still had a heart for the yeah. Jews who had, who had not yet accepted Christ. Absolutely. Mm. So um, we're now diving in, I believe, straight in to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Yeah, there's some more yeah. verses here that... Um, we will read. Actually, we've read from verse 11 uh, to 14. So we'll read uh, verse 15 through to 20 of Deuteronomy chapter 30. All right. And again, just reminding you, this is from the New Living Translation. Now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day, I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his command, commands, decrees and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, how, oh, whoops. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might, li- might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <laughs> And, of course, tomorrow you'll be talking with David Leo on more oh, about Abraham. Abraham, Father Abraham. <laughs> yeah, you've been talking uh, over the past few weeks about that. Yes. Now, this is Old Testament, and yes. uh, I think sometimes some Christians have um, 
a tendency to downplay the importance of the Old Testament, but it's all part of our scriptures and it's mm. all part of God's word and it's all part of the big picture story. Yes. And the principles contained here, I think, are very relevant to us today, particularly these last few verses where it says, today I've given you the choice between life and death. Yes. You know, when those cars were traveling across the bridge and yeah. Murray was waving them down <clears throat> to warn yeah. them, this is a warning. You know, yeah. This passage of scripture is a warning that we have a choice to make. And there really is only two choices. Yep. It's choose life or choose death. And this is the warning that uh, that we've been given mm. for our own benefit. And, and it says here, oh, that you would choose life. It's yes. like Paul was saying, I long for the, the people of Israel to be saved. Yes. And do we long for our friends and relatives and uh, the people that we come in contact with? Do do we long for them to be saved? Mm. Perhaps you're in that situation. Perhaps you're listening today and you haven't made the choice. What's stopping you from making the choice? You know, mm. the the information's there. If you're not sure about some things, then, you know, we can get in touch with us. We can put you in touch with somebody who can help. Uh, understand mm. if there's anything that you're struggling with. So, absolutely. Um, okay, so this um, this passage, I think, is is a nice uh, connection with what we've been reading mm. in Romans. But we're going to go back to Romans. We'll reread 13 to 15, and we'll go on as well and read 16 and 17. So, just now that we've had this bit of a discussion, let's yeah. reread 13 to 15. It uh, Hopefully we've got a bit more background into this now. For sure thing. <clears throat> For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. In verses 16, I was, going to ask, oh, okay. I was just going to ask you a question before <laughs> yeah, you go on. Sure thing. So who do you think those messengers are? <clears throat> is it just people like Paul? No. Well, there's an old song that it's uh, a chorus that I was taught when I was young, which is, uh, what was it? Someday the good Lord said to me, or oh, one day. You don't have to go across the sea to be a missionary. Oh, yeah. So it's um, it's very much like, yeah, there are people where you are. That's are. the next verse where it's like, you need to go too far. There's people where you are. Exactly. You need the and Lord. So um, anyone could be a messenger, really. I totally believe that. And I think it's that's... It's a good song. I'll teach it to you later. Yeah. <laughs> I think as... Uh, as we accept Jesus and as we, you know, we become part of the family of God, then we're given a commission, we're given a job to do, and that is to share that with others. Mm. Let's keep reading because sometimes we're hesitant to share with others. Yes. Sometimes we are really, yeah. you know, like I was in, in earlier in the program, I yeah. shared that I was so reluctant to share this because I had um, friends and, and relatives in this group who were going to read this message that, I knew were not, you know, they weren't believers at that time or mm. not, uh, as far as I knew, weren't believers. So <clears throat> yeah. I was reluctant to share. And uh, let's read what it says in verse 16 and 17. Sure. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, 
Who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. So firstly, we know that not everyone accepts it. Mm. Not everyone's going to welcome it. No. But does that mean we should stay silent just because some won't yeah. welcome it? I it, think it can be a bit um, difficult because I think as humans we try to avoid conflict. Yeah. We don't want to make people feel uncomfortable yeah, or feel right. like pressured or anything mm. like that. So mm. we want them to know, but mm. at the same time we're like, I don't want to be the one to tell them. Mm. Yeah. So we have to accept the fact that when we share, not yeah. everyone's going to accept it. Yes. Um, and yet, it goes on in verse 17, it says, Faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news. Oh, mm. What do you think that good news is about Christ? Oh, that he saved us. <laughs> yeah, it's the gospel, isn't it's it? It's the rescue plan, yeah. It's the whole gospel. <clears throat> the, the gospel of good news is that, mm. that Christ is the one who's come to save us, that he loves us so much that he died mm. that, uh, and uh, was resurrected, and, and he, he forgives our sins, and, mm. and he wants to have an eternal relationship. He wants... He wants to save us. He longs to save us. Yes. Like Paul longed for the Jews to be saved. We might have loved ones that we long to be saved. Mm. Um, Jesus and God the Father has uh, this amazing passion and love for us that you know will go to the ends of the earth to try to reach us and to save us. Mm. Um, I guess uh, let, let's keep reading uh, the next few verses. Yeah. Verse, uh, do I have it there? Uh, I can bring it up. That's all right. No, I don't have it. I don't have it mm. in in our notes here. So that's all right. We'll we'll keep going for now. Actually, we'll go to a break. We've run out of time. Oh, we have too. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't watching the clock. <laughs> yes. Um, so just to remind you of our book offer for today, Jesus: Seven Keys to Finding Jesus in the Book of Revelation. This is written by Steve Case. The Gospel of John presents wonderful stories about Jesus Christ, and 1 John contains many quotable verses that encourage faith, hope, and love. How could the same author write the book of Revelation? The enigmatic symbols, fearsome beasts, violence, destruction, and apostasy seem so different from John's Christ-centered writings. But the book of Revelation begins with the claim and promise, the revelation of Jesus Christ. This booklet provides a fresh look for finding Jesus in the book of Revelation. <clears throat> it paves the way for a 10-session Bible study series called Revelation 101, Finding Jesus in the Book of Revelation. Be sure to stick around for the code after the break. This next song is Your Will Be Done by City of Light. strong 
Encounters on Faith FM and we are finishing up our program now with Jason Cook on the topic of life or death. As promised, we have our code for our giveaway for today. We have about four copies to give away, so get in quick. Um, Just to remind you, our book is Jesus, Seven Keys to Finding Jesus in the Book of Revelation, written by Steve Case. To claim this book, text in the code ENCOUNTER36, E-N-C-O-U-N-T-E-R. Why such long words, Jason? ENCOUNTER (laughs) and the number three and six. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Just to remind you, that is Encounter thirty six, E N C O U N T E R, and the numbers three and six, no spaces. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So, Jason, <clears throat> we've been talking about how there are people who are. Um, we want to share the news to, mm. and it's a life or death situation mm. to get to claim salvation. Well, I'm, I'm trying to, I guess, <clears throat> communicate the sense that if we fail to tell people yes. as Christians about the gospel, about the good news, about what Jesus has done mm-hmm. for us, then we're not we're not uh, warning people of what's coming, yeah. and if. If we were on the bridge, on the Tasman Bridge that night, and cars were coming across the bridge, and we knew that there was a 127 metre gap that fell, you know, straight into the into the water, mm. we would do our best to stop people going over that gap. Yeah. And uh, but and yet we, here we are in life, and we have, you know, at any point in time, somebody's life can end. You know, for accident or for health reasons or whatever Mm. and uh, there really is a sense of urgency that we ought to have in sharing the gospel with people in revelation 14 i won't go through this in detail but there's this uh a few uh, verses there that talk about the three angels messages and Mm -hmm. the first one is is the first angels carrying the the gospel the eternal good news Mm. to to tell every nation, tribe, language, and people. And it's about, you know, warning people to love God, to fear God, to give glory to him and to worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and and Mm. everything in it. And today, you know, we see so many have uh, gone a different way in their beliefs that, you know, we try to think up all sorts of um, theories about how we got here. The Bible makes it very clear how we got here. Mm. these are things that are contained in the scriptures. That's the first message: is is the gospel, and uh, to to really um, warn people to to seek this out, to yes. to find out who who God is, who Jesus was, Morning. what He did for us, and and the fact that He's come to save us. Mm. And then uh, there's another message uh, in verse eight of chapter fourteen that talks about. Uh, Babylon, Babylon is fallen, the great city, because it made all the nations drink of the wine of her passionate immorality. And this is talking about corruption in the Christian church. That's what we believe, that this is talking about corruption in the, in the Christian church. And so even amongst Christianity, there's things that have gone on over the over the years that have mm. corrupted the true message of God. And so there's a warning there as well. Come out of her, you know, come out of this corruption, 
come back to Jesus is the message. And the final one is a warning about um, worshipping the beast. Now, you have to read earlier chapters to fully understand that. But mm. in uh, in chapter 13, it talks about the beast and the mark of the beast. These are events that are soon to take place on this earth. We're living in days which I believe are not too far away from these events that that. You know, God says in Amos 3 verse 7 that he does nothing without revealing his plans beforehand <clears throat> mm-hmm. to his prophets. And so God's plans are laid out in Scripture. They're given to us as a warning. Yes. Now, why is he given us a warning? Why is he given us this so far ahead of time? We've had the book of Revelation for nearly 2,000 years now, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? That's plenty of time for us to have a look at it. And uh, you've got the Old Testament, and there's so many uh, passages in there that connect with what goes on in in Revelation as well. Mm. God's given this to us for a reason, and it's a warning of what's to come because he longs for us to be saved. He longs for his people to come back to him mm. and uh, his creation. You know, he created us and he longs for, just like any parent, you know, who might have a, a, a child who's sort of gone astray, they long for them to come back to God and to um, to recommit themselves to love God with all their heart and mm. soul and mind. And so... I guess I want us to take away, you know, where are we at in this story? In the story of of uh, Murray and Sylvia and the other couple, Helen and Frank, yeah. um, where are we? Or are we are we in the car that's about to go over the bridge? Yeah. Or are we standing on the bridge warning people? Um, have a think about that. And how would we warn people if we are, you know, say Murray standing on the bridge flagging people down? saying, hey, look, look what's over the crest yeah. over here. Look what's over, over just over the hill. It's not far away. Are we prepared to perhaps sometimes be a little bit uncomfortable mm. uh, because it's really a matter of life and death? Absolutely. And imagine being Murray in front of the cars like he could have gotten hit. Mm. Um, yeah, and it is definitely a matter of life or death. And so there are many people, whether it be our family, friends, or even people that we're yet to meet, who may not have heard the true message of of Jesus. Mm. They may not have heard or understood the true love that God has for us. Maybe they've had a misunderstanding about who God is and what he's all about. Mm. Um, Are we prepared to share the 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 true message with people and i'd encourage us to to think about that and to pray about that um you know through our actions and words we have an opportunity and i'm I'm going to do another program in a few weeks time it'll be on our connecting the dots program it's called the privilege to serve and the privilege to serve is going to be talking about what a privilege it is that we are part of that that journey to share with people Mm. you know god's message of hope that he loves us so much that he saved us. And so um, that's what uh, I hope today that while we wait for yeah. Jesus to come, that we don't sit idle, Absolutely. that we actually continue to um, work in our uh, family circles, in our church environments, in our community to share the message of love that God has for us. Mm.
Amen. Well, thank you, Jason. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your next program I'm on Connecting the Dots. That will be one. I think it's on the 31st of March <clears throat> in a couple of weeks. Yes, I think so as well. And I think I'll be there with you for that as well. I suspect so. <laughs> so, yeah, be sure to join us for that. Um, our Connecting the Dots programs are ones I always look forward to. So um, that's one we can definitely um, be sure to catch when we're um, doing our Connecting the Dots on Fridays. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Um, just a reminder, the book offer is still live. A few people have um, claimed it. Well done, Christina. And I believe there was another one. Yep, Jenny, well done. Um, we would like to also remind you of our code, which is Encounters th- Encounter 36. Be sure to text that in on 0488880891. Join us next week with Pastor Afi Tuoi. He will be joining us on Encounters, as he usually is, with Ephesians chapter 1, part 2. Mm. That's going to be exciting. Join us tomorrow with David Lear and myself, as we said earlier, Father Abraham. And we'll be covering Abraham and hospitality. Be sure to join us on that as well. We hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. And may you encounter Jesus more today. This song is, is Anchor of Hope by Ellie Holcomb. Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God. Author of all that is good Faithful provider and giver of life Source of all power and love Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the end Righteous Redeemer and mighty to save He's the end Merciful God, radiant, holy delight, beautiful Father, victorious Son, source of unchangeable light. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise, refuge of strength to the end, righteous Redeemer and mighty to save. Savior who died on the cross